307. Welcome to Word in 3D. We are promoting God's Word so that there won't be destruction. Hosea 4 and 6 says, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priests. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I also will ignore your children. We are transforming our imagination and gaining eternal perspective by reading, reflecting, and praying God's complete word together. As Romans 12 and 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Whoa, my voice. <laughs> Aaron, would you open us up in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, God. Thank you again for waking us up and for the opportunity to connect with our brothers. Lord, praying that uh, you would meet us this morning and speak to us. We come here, Lord, to promote your word. We come here to gain an eternal perspective. Father, we thank you because we are first partakers of everything that we hear and that we share. Uh, one to another, Father, and that you, you speak to us. And we pray that as we're sharing with one another, that we would um, mention something that's encouraging or uplifting, something that would uh, reveal or confirm your truth in our lives, God, so that we can be even greater and do what you're calling us to do. And we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today's readings, we have Psalms 119, 153 to 160. We have Hebrews chapter 4, starting with verse 14, going to chapter 5, and then at verse 10. And we have Ezekiel chapter 1, starting at verse 1, going to chapter 3, and ending at verse 27. Let's go for the first one. Psalms 119, verse 153. Amen. 153. Yes, up to 153. Oh, jumped a little bit too quick. Oh. <laughs> Let's do that again. Psalms 119. Look on my suffering and deliver me, for I have not forgotten your law. Defend my cause and redeem me. Preserve my life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek out your decrees. Your compassion, Lord, is great. Preserve my life according to your laws. Many are the foes who persecute me, but I have not turned from your statutes. I look on the faithless with loathing, for they do not obey your word. See how I love your precepts? Preserve my life. Lord, in accordance with your love. All your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal. Amen. Let's reflect on that. Psalms 119, verse 153, 160. What stood out to you? What inspiration do we get from this passage? Or what type of instructions do we get from this passage? 
Yeah, I just love, man, how he's just, that phrase, preserve my life, according to. Yeah. So first is preserve my life according to your promise. That's in 154. Then it's preserve my life according to your laws. That's 156. And it's preserve my life according to your love. 159. Mm. According to your promise, according to your laws, according to your love. And man, just knowing that God is faithful just reminded me of his faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm so encouraged when I remember the word and it says, you know, even though we're not faithful to him, he's faithful to us. Amen. He can and he will preserve us. That's something that definitely um, stands out. And, and I know the importance of just kind of, you know, in, in close proximity in the writing when there's that repetition. Yeah. It's just something that's really standing out and just knowing that that's it. The only thing that can preserve us is him, his truth, his leading. That's why we say is he's like a lamp to our, a light to our, a light to our path, excuse me, a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. He's the only thing that can preserve us. His truth gives us right understanding, right vision, gives us the power and the strength to act and bless his holy name. Amen. I like that. Preserve my life according to your promise, according to your laws, according to your love. Wow. And that's our anchor. And I love how that when we go through storms, that this is what we can remember. But if we don't look and take time to observe his promises and we don't take time to observe his uh, laws or his love, we could miss it. We could be so far gone um, in the storms of life, just running after every false thing and, and worrying and, and anxious about stuff because we don't remember this. But uh, thanks for pointing this out. That's great. Look on my suffering and deliver me for I have not forgotten your law. Defend my cause and redeem me. That is so good. Um, any other thoughts on this? Yeah. <clears throat> I like the fact that preserve has to do with um, help my life to to stand, to sustain, um, to to last, um, <clears throat> and um, I just think those things stuck out to me when it when it has to do um, with preserving uh, a person's life. Um, and and picking out those things, you know, according with your love, allow love to stand to last. Um, um, I, just pushing it, you know, yesterday, verse 152, it says, long ago, I learned from your statutes that you would establish them to last forever. And then it goes into this section that talks about um, preserving. Uh -huh. uh, and so just seeing those um, correlations and what he desires um, for his life is just uh, just puts a different perspective on it for me this morning. Mm. Preserving. Yeah. I think uh, that we can have this word to actually be, uh, you know, we're not just we're not just making up stuff. We're not just coming up here and just being like, you know, 
these are things we feel, just feel, but these are things that are actually confirmed as well through written. You know, somebody long ago wrote these things and, you know, we can trust that and we see that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that his his nature and his faithfulness, his, he's just faithful. And that way, we can be faithful too. Just like the sun comes up, the sun goes down way before we were born. You know, God is like that, faithful through the ages. Faithful through the ages. Amen. And it's cool that this scripture is actually under something called Resh, uh, of one of the... Hebrew alphabets, if you look at the top of it, um, it's just like they're numbering, they're uh, remembering each one um, through this alphabet. It's uh, This is just some, some good stuff right here. Any other thoughts before we uh, pray and uh, just ask God to help us remember and retain and live out this revelation? Yeah, you know, Michael, the other part of, um, you know, the, the part that the repetition is to preserve you know, but I appreciate how you started to bring out, you know, what they say before that. So in the first time, defend my cause and redeem me, mm-hmm. you know, standing up for me and redeem, you know, redeem is like purchase back, redeem is to make right, set back on course, you know, redeem me, defend my cause and redeem me, preserve my life according to your promise. That's, that's his promise that he loved us with an everlasting love mm-hmm. sending a son to die for us so that we could have everlasting life that's his promise when we receive that grace that gift that's the promise we will be with him amen preserve my life according to your laws you know and this is still old testament so they were still very very strict and staunch like ways to adhere to and honor God with our life everything yeah. you ate and what you wore and how you spoke and what you did with your days and your weeks and your months mm-hmm. um, your compassion Lord is great you know so he's got a he's got a plan and a purpose and everything that he's doing yeah you, and then um see how I love you your precepts you you bring out a good point right there I, I just want to go right back on what you were saying yeah. right there real quick Jump about yeah about just there was a lot of ways there was a lot of laws back then and just thinking about that of how god even bridged the gap of how we are now don't have to do all that because he loves us like we can actually come to god in a way of knowing that he is loving and he's compassionate um and having that mindset um i don't know that just really stood out to me what you just said right there I'm, I'm sorry, cut cut you off a little bit, but I don't know that I just had to point that out before we moved on. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's all right. Praise God. Yeah, it's, it's true, right? It's a different, um, different dispensation, uh, but now we're under grace, and it's about our faith in Christ. It's not about just these. I believe it was 613 laws that they had to carry out and follow. Praise mm-hmm. God. Amen. And uh, I don't want to cut you short. Was that was that the only thing you was gonna say? Yeah, yeah, I was, okay. I was pretty much closing that point, you know, just see how I love your precepts. Mm-hmm. It also talks to, you know, the, the psalmist sets an example for us, you know, we don't just kind of dilly dally with the precepts. We don't just, you know, kind of hold them, keep them maybe in our back pocket for a rainy day. 
Mm -hmm. I was like, I love your precepts. I love you, God. You know, so preserve my life in accordance with your love. I'm loving you, and it's only because you first loved me. Um, Preserve my life in accordance with that. Amen. Praise God. Let's uh, go into prayer. To God, you are so good. And Lord, you preserve our life through your love, through your word, through your promises. God, there is none like you. And so we come before you, Lord, with all thanksgiving, Lord, with everything that's inside of us, with all our passion. Because there is none like you, Lord. You deserve it all. You are worthy of it all. And Lord, we never want to be lacking in zeal and passion for your name, knowing that you are the one that preserves our life. I mean, we can pour our lives into so many other things that leave us empty at the end. But the good thing about you is that when we pour ourselves all the way out for you, you give us multiplication. You further our our line. You further our lineage. You give us life everlasting. You make our children grow. You make our family tree grow. You make our brothers and sisters grow. You make everything beautiful. And so, Lord, we cast down every idol, every idolatrous way in thinking, Lord, and we put you number one. We say that you are our life and you are our preservative, Lord. You preserve our life. So, Lord God, I just pray that you get the glory out of our life. I pray that you get every second of our day, Lord, that you get every little, 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 little juice from us, Lord, because you do the best in making us something great. You are our our goodness. You are our greatness, Lord. And so, Lord, we come before you and just thank you and praising you for all that you've done. We love you, God. We love your word. We love your promises. We love everything that you do, Lord. So, Lord, come and just show us how to live this life. And let us put our trust forever in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Up next, we have Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 through 13. Now, shoot us off on that. Jesus, the great high priest. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet, He did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Every high priest is selected from among the people and is appointed to represent the people in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sin. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and and are going astray since he himself is subject to weakness. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins, as well as for the sins of the people. And no one who takes this honor on himself, and no one takes this honor on himself, but he receives it when called by God, just as Aaron was. In the same way, Christ did not take on himself the glory of becoming a high priest, but God said to him, you are my son. Today, I have become your father. And he says in another place, You are priests forever in the order of Melchizedek. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, 
he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. And was designated by God to be high priest and the order of Melchizedek. Let's reflect on that. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 through 13. What stood out to you? What inspiration did you get from this passage? And what type of instructions do we get from this passage? Praise God, yeah. The thing that stood out was actually right in the beginning. Uh, verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive and find grace to help us in our time of need. It was verse 15 and 16. Um, knowing that, you know, in the faith that we're saying, the Lord Jesus makes the claim, you know, follow me. Uh -huh. and he says, repent for the kingdom is at hand. He said that I am the way, the truth, and the life follow me. There's only one mediator between God and man, and that's the person, Jesus Christ. Uh -huh. And it could be hard to say, you know, what do you mean I'm going to follow this guy? How am I supposed to follow this guy? He, he's not even, you know, he's a human. He's he's 100% God and 100% man. How can I keep up with that? Yeah. But he's reminding us here that, no, listen, he's been tempted in the same way that we have. Mm -hmm. you know he's dealt with the same pain he's dealt with the same angst um and he truly set an example for us in the face of the greatest obstacle he went to death mm -hmm. he went to the cross on behalf of us and so it could feel like you know well he's perfect how can i follow after him but actually no he just he did it perfectly what he's calling us to do so therefore, he's the only one that we ought to ever follow because he's done it the right way. Yeah. Um, and it goes on down there in the beginning of verse five. He's able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and going astray since he himself was subject to weaknesses. You know, he's faced mm -hmm. these things himself. So he knows what we're going through. We can trust in him and rely on him because he made it through. Amen. Jesus knows our every weakness and that way he can identify, he knows what we're going through. He's just not like, he can empathize with us. You know, he understands like how the devil is attacking. He understands the pressures of life. He was fully man. So he has the human experience in his heart. And so he can, he can, he can communicate with God on our behalf. And that's such a blessing because, you know, it's like uh, you think about technology how technology in the beginning is very expensive. Um, but as people develop ways to create and to manufacture stuff, it becomes easier and more accessible to others. But the point is, somebody has to pay the price. Somebody has to first chunk out that, that million, that two million. You know, it, 
they have to do all that work and research and, and hard work, all that stuff to be a trailblazer in order to make a highway for somebody else to come through. And so, um, and we even think about that in our family, you know, our, our mothers and fathers, they have done hard work for us in order to uh, provide a path so our feet can walk, you know, and then we're, and that's what Jesus did for us because of love. You know, sometimes I think the mindset could be, uh, I don't want nobody to outdo me, you know, or, or, uh, yeah, I've got, I did, a, I did all this work. Why should they have the, uh, you know, the joy from it? But Jesus' mindset is so much different to where he's like, no, the works I've done, I want you to do even better. You know, I'm here to lay down my life so you can stand on top of me and take a stand. And that's just, that's just revolutionary, man. That's revolutionary. It, it kills pride. And it has me to think, you know, I, we gotta, I gotta do the same thing. Lay down my life so that others can stand. Lay down my life so that people can have a, a solid foundation um, and follow in the footsteps of Jesus, you know. Um, any other thoughts on that? What do you think? Yeah, man, praise God. You know what you're saying about lay down your life, you know, and, and realizing too that that he's not necessarily calling he's not necessarily calling everyone to um physically die in the same way mm -hmm. you know um but rather to be living sacrifices mm -hmm. and sometimes that might even be more difficult because instead of just saying that's right i'm not gonna denounce god you know or i stand up i'm a christian all right off with his head Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost easier to make one decision one day and, and say one set of words, but to be this living sacrifice that's following after him, um, laying down our life, you know, talking about laying down our own desires, laying down our own wills yeah. to pick up his truth and his desires, Come on. Um, recognizing that, you know, any gifts, anything good that we have in our life, anything that we could use that would be beneficial for us personally, you know devoting that thing to the to the building up of the church to the edification of the saints uh -huh. so it's laying down my gifts and that thing that god gave me um to share and help others around me uh -huh. and knowing that jesus did that to the fullest as well you know he said not my will but yours be done speaking to the father looking at at the task that he had before him you know not my will but yours be done he he went around and he devoted himself to mm -hmm. uh, to sharing the gospel, to sharing the good news. Amen. Yeah. And even through all that, like, because, you know, in the you said, not my will, but your will be done. Even in that part where Jesus was struggling, he was still human because he was like, if there be any other way, Lord, let there be another way, you know, take this cup from me. So that was his human part is like, I don't want to go yeah. through suffering. I look, if I don't have to go through that suffering, don't let me go through that suffering. But if it's going to bridge people to you, if it's going to give them life, yes, your will be done, not my will. And uh, yeah, dying to ourselves, dying to the lust, dying to greed, dying to jealousy and envy, because these are the things that break up the, the community of Christ, uh, lust, greed, envy, pride. 
all this stuff when we're not listening i mean we could be so much better um we would be better if if we would die to those things die to the flesh the, the sinful nature um and it's just so important to remember that it's just like man lord help us to die to that die to the selfishness um praise god praise hey, god amen amen yeah so if you have nothing else let's uh let's pray that in you lead us or uh pass it sure heavenly father we thank you so much for sending your son to die for us god this um this great example of love this great action out of love father we bless you we thank you thank you that he gave us an example for how to lead god thank you that you've you were so perfect in creating him that you caused his life to um, you caused him to have to endure struggles as well him to experience the same things that you knew we would experience one day so that we could really place our faith and our trust in him lord i ask just as we're gaining this eternal perspective and we realize that jesus set an example for us amen but that he also did a deed for us that when he died we are forgiven by the shedding of his blood we are forgiven because of his sacrifice and he didn't just die but he rose again on the third day Father. so we glorify you for that and we know that as we carry around that suffering lord we can also carry around his life we also carry around the resurrection in us and with us. I pray you would just give us strength and endurance, uh, wisdom and boldness to die to ourselves, to lay down our will and pick up yours. Father, to seek your face for what our gifts are and what our contribution is to the body. Father, and that we would give it faithfully and that we would give it uh, consistently and give it with all that we have. We bless you. We praise you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ooh, Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1, going to chapter 3, verse 27. It's going to be powerful. The Book of Ezekiel. In my thirtieth year, in the fourth month on the fifth day, while I was among the exiles by the Kibar River, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. On the fifth of the month, it was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiakim. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Beuzai, by the Kibar River in the land of the Babylonians. There. The hand of the Lord was on him. I looked, and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal, and in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. In appearance, their form was human, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, their feet were like those of a calf and gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings on their four sides they had human hands. All four of them had faces and wings, and the wings of one touched the wings of another. Each one went straight ahead, they did not turn as they moved. Their faces looked like this, 
Each of the four had the face of a human being, and on the right side each had the face of a lion, and on the left the face of an ox. Each also had the face of an eagle. Such were their faces. They each had two wings spreading out upward, each wing touching that of the creature on either side, and each had two other wings covering its body. Each one went straight ahead. Wherever the spirit would go, they would go without turning as they went. The appearance of the living creatures was like burning coals of fire or like torches. Fire moved back and forth among the creatures. It was bright and lightning flashed out of it. The creatures sped back and forth like flashes of lightning. As I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the ground beside each creature with its four faces. This was the appearance and structure of the wheels. They sparkled like topaz, and all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel. As they moved, they would go in any one of the four directions the creatures faced. The wheels did not change direction as the creatures went. Their rims were high and awesome, and all four rims were full of eyes all around. When the living creatures moved, the wheels beside them moved. And when the living creatures rose from the ground, the wheels also rose. Wherever the spirit would go, they would go. And the wheels would rise along with them, because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. When the creatures moved, they also moved. When the creatures stood still, they also stood still. And when the creatures rose from the ground, the wheels rose along with them because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Spread out above the heads of the living creatures was what looked something like a vault, sparkling like crystal and awesome. Under the vault, their wings were stretched out one toward the other, and each had two wings covering its body. When the creatures moved, I heard the sound of their wings, like the roar of rushing waters, like the voice of the Almighty, like the torment of an army. When they stood still, they lowered their wings. Then there came a voice from above the vault over their heads as they stood with lowered wings. Above the vault over their heads was what looked like a throne of lapis lazuli. And high above on the throne was a figure like that of a man. I saw that, from what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like glowing metal, as if full of fire, and that from there down he looked like fire, and brilliant light surrounded him. Like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. When I saw it, I fell face down, and I heard the voice of one speaking. He said to me, Son of man, stand up on your feet, and I will speak to you. As he spoke, the spirit came into me and raised me to my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people to whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid. Though briars and thorns are all around you, and you live among scorpions, do not be afraid of what they say or be terrified by them, though they are a rebellious house. 
You must speak my words to them, whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious. But you, son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not rebel like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Then I looked, and I saw a hand stretched out to me. In it was a scroll, which he unrolled before me. On both sides of it were written words of lament and mourning and woe. And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll, then go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you, and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. He then said to me, Son of man, go now to the house of Israel, and speak my words to them. You are not being sent to a people of obscure speech and strange language, but to the house of Israel. Not to many peoples of obscure speech and strange language whose words you cannot understand. Surely, if I had sent you to them, they would have listened to you. But the house of Israel is not willing to listen to you, because they are not willing to listen to me. For the whole house of Israel is hardened and obstinate, but I will make you as unyielding and hardened as they are. I will make your forehead like the hardest stone, harder than flint. Do not be afraid of them or terrified by them, though they are a rebellious house. And he said to me, Son of man, listen carefully and take to heart all the words I speak to you. Go now to your people in exile and speak to them. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says whether they listen or fail to listen. Then the Spirit lifted me up, and I heard behind me a loud rumbling sound as the glory of the Lord rose from the place where it was standing. It was the sound of the wings of the living creatures brushing against each other and the sound of the wheels beside them, a loud rumbling sound. The Spirit then lifted me up and took me away, and I went in bitterness and in the anger of my spirit with the strong hand of the Lord on me. I came to the exiles who lived at Tel Aviv near the Kibar River, and there where they were living I sat among them for seven days, deeply distressed. At the end of seven days the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. So hear the word I speak, and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you will surely die and you do not warn them or speak out to dissuade them from their evil ways in order to save their lives, those wicked people will die for their sins, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the wicked, and they do not turn from their wickedness or from their evil ways, they will die for their sins. But you will have saved yourself. Again, when the righteous turn from their righteousness and do evil, and I put a stumbling block before them, they will die. Since you did not warn them, they will die for their sins. The righteous things they did will not be remembered, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. 
But if you do warn the righteous not to sin, and they do not sin, they will surely live because they took warning, and you will have saved yourselves. The hand of the Lord was on me there, and he said to me, Get up and go out to the plain, and there I will speak to you. So I got up and went out to the plain, and the glory of the Lord was standing there, like the glory I had seen by the Kibar River, and I fell face down. Then the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet. He spoke to me and said, Go, shut yourself inside your house, and you, son of man, they will tie with ropes. You will be bound so that you cannot go out among the people. I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth so that you will be silent and unable to rebuke them, for they are a rebellious house. But when I speak to you, I will open your mouth and you shall say to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Whoever will listen, let them listen, and whoever will refuse, let them refuse, for they are a rebellious house. Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1, going to chapter 3 and ending at verse 27. What stood out? What's the inspiration here? And what are the instructions that we apply to today from this passage? Wow, man. Definitely was a lot in this passage. Um, <laughs> you know, I want to just touch real quick around the vision that he saw, you know. <laughs> looking like the feet of a calf with you had wings like a bird and you had different kinds of faces sometimes when i think of these type of visions i'm just like you know they have to be so you know kind of just out there mm -hmm. and so awesome and amazing because they're representative of the lord and even though he walked here like in flesh you know, he came down and took human form. When we think about his splendor and his majesty, it's not like any natural thing of this world. So there's a vision describing him. It's just interesting to me how it's like so, it's so um, just magnificent, you know? And then the other thing was, it's just awesome how he's like, oh no, these people are rebellious and they might fight against you but your job is just to go and share with them. Uh -huh. And I'm telling you right now that they're stubborn and rebellious and it's going to be difficult, but you share with them. I actually really like the best how he said it right at the end. He said, you know, if they listen, let them listen. Uh -huh. But if they refuse, then let them refuse. After uh -huh. all, they are rebellious people. Those pieces really stood out to me this time. Amen. Wow. Definitely. It's like God's when he, when he God speaks to these prophets, you know, he makes it really clear to them. And uh, it's because I don't know why he chooses them. Their heart is sensitive. It, it has to because their heart is sensitive to him. But um, let's go to David. Uh, his hand is up. Yes, um, I just want to say uh, thank you for your words, um, Aaron, brother Aaron. Um, I think this is this is powerful, and, it, and it's I like the fact that this was on audio, and in a sense, they they did this, the, you know, theatrically. Like, yeah. so they really played the parts out. Um, it really enhanced this because, um, you know, 
I, I, I'm actually, I have, I'm doing certain things, so I can't really read it. So it was, it was great for me to hear it, to truly just visualize it. Um, you know, uh, you know, when they're describing the creatures, you know, they're really just, they're, they're describing the cherubim, mm-hmm. and um, and and how they describe the cherubim is quite powerful because. I remember I was doing a study about the cherubim and the history of it, and and this is one of the this is where one of the parts where you you go and reference what is it, what's the dimensions, how to how to build it. Therefore, you know, um, and you know the same. This is the same cherubim creature or visualized what what carried the ark mm-hmm. as well um which is a powerful reference you know um but also what i you know when i'm hearing this which is powerful obviously you know you know you know they say many are called but few are chosen Mm -hmm. um but you know i think that you know god god always is going to choose the you know the specific people you know what, what always what makes me powerful is that to recognize that God never chooses people because they're perfect, right? Um, he doesn't, you know, they always say he's always not going to, um, you know, the people, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't equip, the, you know, the people people who come to him don't come equipped. He equips the people, right? Uh-huh. Um, and, it, and it's actually that it, even on the outside, they they do have faults and, and, and because of man, we we are willing and able to tell you of all of your faults. That's what we do as people. <laughs> but God is the one who sees you, who sees you for who you truly are, right? He knows your heart and your intention. So He chose Ezekiel for that reason, right? Mm-hmm. Next thing I'm getting from this is that, you know, He's saying, you know, for me, it sort of charges me to recognize that, you know, truly as a believer. You know, this is God directly talking to him, but as Jesus directly challenged us in the Great Commission, it, it sort of reminds me of to tell me that look, your job is to go and tell them yeah. the truth. Tell them my word. But they're going to resist you, they're gonna, they're gonna violate, they're going to be against you, you're gonna face reproach. But the only way I'll charge you for doing something wrong is if you are not willing to go through it to deliver my word. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you that you have to change their mind. What I'm telling you is that you have to go deliver my message mm-hmm. and deliver it boldly, but but that's what you need to do. Your, your job is to deliver my message. What comes from that message is not is not necessarily your fault or your problem. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that I, I charged you to deliver my message. So for me, uh, you know, that really sticks to me and makes, makes me say sometimes I'm like, you know, sometimes when you're dealing with people or you're dealing with the world, sometimes you're like, oh, well, you know, that's not, then maybe that's not for them. Whereas... You, where that that now this sort of makes me convicts me to be like, well, David, that's not your decision to say that he doesn't need it or not. Mm-hmm. If if you are if you are if you if the Holy Spirit co- comes to you and you says you need to go and say something to this person, it doesn't matter what they're on. Yeah, what you have to do is say, I delivered my message and that's my job. Come on. Yep. There you go. Come on now. Amen. Yeah, that verse uh, 20 of chapter 3, 
you know, I will hold you accountable for their blood. It says, uh, verse 16, at, at the end of the seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to a wicked person, you will surely die and you do not warn them or speak out to dissuade them from their evil ways in order to save their life. That wicked person will die for their sin and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the wicked person and they do not turn from their wickedness or from their evil ways, they will die for their sins, but you have saved yourself. So, and then in verse 20, it, it talks about the righteous person who turns from righteousness and he does. So if we are not telling, like you said, David, we're not telling the message that God put on our, our heart to speak, you know, we're pretty much having to be accountable for the blood and the loss of that life. God is charging mm -hmm. that to us. Yeah, and so, I mean, we, we just, uh, we just read right here, um, you know, Jesus being our high priest and God chooses people. He chose Aaron. He chose Moses, you know, and he chose them to lead and deliver a message. It wasn't their message. It was his message. And it was like, God already knew. He's like, look, you're going to have the same grief that I have. You're, you're going to be uh, fellowshipping in my suffering because you're going to see how I've been speaking to these people's hearts all alone, but they have not been listening. So I had to grab one sensitive person out of all these hardened heart people and send them before I, I bring my destruction. Or if they listen to you, boom, I'm going to be able to heal them. So, Dave, you have your hand up. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. You just, you're just, you're just putting like gasoline to the, the fire that I'm on right now. <laughs> but it, it's that you know, you, you when you read that part, I remember the next part when he's talking about when he said the, the reason I have chosen you. I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Sorry, I don't have it in front of me, but I chose you for the reason because you speak the language of those people. So when you uh -huh. talk to them, I have told them I they know my law but they don't hear me. So I'm sending you, I chose you because when you talk, they will listen. And so the, another part that sticks to me is that once again, it's like, you know, you know, once again, we talked about having these gifts, right? You know, when you're given the gift and you know, like, you know, you have a gift and you know, people will receive you. You have the ability to reach people in different places. You know, what I was always talking about was, you know, and I give God the glory always. It's just that it's that one ability. I always say you have to speak their language. And when you say, are you speaking someone's language? It's not the fact that is it English or not. It's the fact that are you speaking my language? Do you have the ability to, to come from an empathetic background to recognize me in what I'm going through because I'm like you. I've gone through what you've gone through or I know the plight you're going through. So when I talk to you, I'm talking to you in your language because I've experienced it. Mm -hmm. God, God, God puts us and allows us to go through trauma and pain so that we can come out so that our pain can be relatable. Yeah. And then someone says, I relate to you. So mm. when I'm hearing this, this is him really saying, I chose you because you're the one they will, they will hear you. 
Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they will listen, but they can hear you because you have their language. And once yeah. again, it's just another pushing me to be like, you know what, David, you better, if I gave you that voice, you need to go use your voice, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but that's what I'm getting from this, you know? Yeah. Speaking, so the testimony is there. Jesus came in human form and was able to speak the language of the people. He was in the culture of the people um, of that time. And so he, they could have no, they couldn't say we didn't know. They couldn't say that. They couldn't say we didn't know. You know, they knew. So light had came into darkness and they chose darkness over the light. And so that was, God does not just destroy, God doesn't like destroying people. We are his creation. We are his work. We are his handiwork. He doesn't want to destroy us. And so he tries to do everything to keep us from being destroyed. But when we're obstinate and stubborn, it's like, okay, I'm going to give you this warning. I'm going to give you another warning. I'm going to give you another warning. I'm going to send myself to give you a warning, you know, in, in a human form. So you really understand it. But if, if, if we, we if we reject that, then we're rejecting life. We're rejecting, um, we're rejecting life. And so, Aaron, let's go to you. Oh uh, yeah, man, just uh, just awesome, just rich conversation. Um, and as I'm listening to both you guys and I consider in the scripture, I'm just also remembering, again, even circling back to, oh something I took away from the Psalm this morning, just around God's faithfulness. You know, this is how many times did he send people? How many times did he send prophets? How many times did he punish his people to try to teach them? You know, how many times did he deliver them to show them that he loves them? How many times did he send somebody to go talk to them to show them that he loves them? And so I'm just like seeing that that faithfulness, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to you guys' points, yeah, the person that, and, and when he sends somebody to talk, you know, yeah, the person that has the, the language, the person that's going to be able to relate, the person that, that's going to be able to speak to them and the person that they're going to be able to hear. I'm encouraged by that. It's not all haphazard, um, but he was very faithful. He was very uh, diligent in trying to help us get right, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, and then until eventually he said, you know what, I'm doing everything that I can. I'm going to do this once and for all. I'm going to send my son for you. So, yeah, I just see just another example of his faithfulness here as he commands yet another prophet to go and speak to his people so that they might choose life and not death. Mm. Mm. Dear God, just Lord God, help us. Help us, Lord, because I see that. In today's society, you know, the parable of the seeds that are sown and scattered, some land on hard ground. And because of that, you know, they don't, the hearts didn't take it in and multiply and and have fruit. You know, Jesus said, if these people would just hear with their ears, they would see with their eyes and understand with their heart. God would turn to them and they will be healed, you know. And so from stubbornness, we refuse healing. In our pride, that's where that death comes from. And um, 
this is just this is a this is an inspiration and instruction for us to just be about God's business no matter what happens. We got to be faithful. We can't have our we can't depend on whether people like what we say or not. You know, we love them. We we everything we speak is out of love. You know, we don't want to see them destroyed. And that's why we tell them this stuff. You know, we're not saying it because we're trying to just be like, oh, you know, listen to me because I need a I need a platform. Nah, it's like we don't want you to die. <laughs> OK, this is the whole point of everything. We don't want your, your, your death to come into play. And so listen to the word of God. Hear what he's saying. So. uh, Dear God. Mm. Lord, help us, God. Help us to be your faithful messengers today, Lord. Lord, help us to hear your word and to go out and, and preach it no matter what. Not out of spite, not out of anger, not out of fear. But Lord, because you have called us to warn people because you don't take joy in the death of sinners. You don't take joy in uh, seeing people fall away. But Lord, your joy is in when one sinner comes back, it says all heaven rejoices. When, when someone is saved and, and, and pulled from the fire, heaven rejoices. So I know there, there is great sadness even when a, a sinner leaves. There is great sadness and sorrow in your heart when you see your son walk away, when you see your daughters walk away, Lord. So we pray right now just that your Holy Spirit fills us. And Lord, that you just um, help us to remember Help us retain, Lord, that to speak your words. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Surely, Lord God, you are faithfulness. You are the perfect depiction, the perfect demonstration of faithfulness, God. You're faithful and you're full of love towards us unconditionally God while we were yet still sinners while we were in the middle of our mess you did the ultimate act of love by sending your son to die for us God you did it because you love us because you're faithful to us you created us to give you praise you created us to honor you and to bless you father you created us to live abundant lives Lord I pray that our hearts would be softened that we'd be able to receive from you I pray, Lord, that when we experience punishments and trials, that we would receive them graciously and they would cause us to act righteously. God, I pray that when we um, are delivered, when, when you bring us out of the muck and out of the mire, that we remember that it was you and your hand that has done it. Lord, that will worship you and praise you. As you send people to speak, Lord God, to, to share your word and to encourage I pray that they would speak the words you give them to speak. And I pray on behalf of those hearers, God, that you would give them ears to hear, that they'd be able to listen and take hold of your truth. Father, we need you in this thing from the beginning to the end. It's your faithfulness, God, and your love that drives you and compels you, Lord. And it's by that same, that goodness, that grace and that mercy that we can receive you. So I pray that it can happen in accordance with your plan, God. Father, and finally, on this special day, it's the uh, election here in our country. 
Father God, we just lift up this election process to you. We don't pray for any particular party, Father, or any particular candidate, but we come against voter suppression and voter fraud in the name of Jesus so that the process can be honored and held out accordingly. Lord, we ask that both parties on either side, Father, that they would accept the final tallies, hallelujah, as legitimate. Lord God, and we ask a special prayer of protection, Father, and preservation for our nation, that you would stand against civil unrest and anarchy. Lord God, allow us to be humble, allow us to stand right before you, Lord God, and as we stand right in your sight, you'll cause us to stand right amongst men. We bless you, we praise you, Lord God, we trust that you have this whole thing in your hands, just like we sang that song when we were little. He's got the whole world in his hands. Father, surely you do, and it's in the right place. We bless you, we praise you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also reject you as my priest because you have ignored the law of your God. I will also ignore your children. So yes, we want to promote the word of God so there won't be destruction. Thanks for joining Word in 3D. We are remembering what God has said through his word that we can cry out to him. We heard that in the Psalms. We know that we have a high priest, Jesus, who is working on our behalf. Come on now. He is working for us. And in Ezekiel, we know that we are called to go out into the world and proclaim the gospel to people that don't even want to hear the gospel. But God has chosen us in our culture at this point, at this time, to go speak. So let's go do it. Amen. This is Word in 3D. Go deep. Peace out, y'all. Peace.